We're so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Let's pray. So Father, we thank you for your Word. Though it might be challenging to us at times, we thank you that it does give us so much of what you would have us do. So often we think, oh, I just want to know God's will on stuff. But we thank you, Father, that you've given us so much of your will in your word for us to follow. So I pray this morning that you help us to put your word into practice, not just in the fun, easy, comforting bits, but in the bits that we might find challenging and stretching. And as we come to think about sharing the gospel, moving your word forward this morning, I pray that you would challenge us and stretch us, but also equip us with your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning we are finishing our Each One Reach One series. Um, If we've got that, we can put that on the screen. Um, But this morning is also Palm Sunday, so that's why we're coming to Psalm 96, because it speaks about praising God. Uh, the Lord, which is that moment that happened on Palm Sunday. So Palm Sunday is the Sunday that Jesus was welcomed as the Lord into the city of Jerusalem. Crowds can be fickle. They were putting him on a cross less than a week later, but but it's that moment that Jesus was worshipped as king. So Psalms 96 speaks to that, uh, but it also speaks to the call for us to move the gospel forward. So this morning we're talking about forward, a little um, phrase that's our strategy in each one, reach one. So each run, reach run, as we've been saying, is the vision, but the strategy is faith-focused forward. And so last week we talked about focused, been focused on prayer for those that don't know Jesus, been focused on relationship building with those that don't know Jesus. And this morning we're talking about forward, which is about advancing the gospel, about moving the gospel forward. Um, before we dive straight into that, one last thing and then I'll dive in. Um, so next week's Easter after that, we've got some uh, of our great uh, preachers and speakers doing a, a little couple weeks of after Easter, reflecting on the life of faith. And then following that, we're going to jump into a series um, on what would Jesus say to the church. Um, so we're going to look at the seven letters of the church, from Jesus to the churches in Revelation um, after Easter. After, after Easter. And so what I want to jump into Psalm 96 around is why? Why should we move the gospel forward? Why why do we have a vision of each one reach one? And and hopefully you've got a sense of that already throughout this series. but, But why not each one to their own beliefs? Why not each one to their own thoughts and ideas and attitudes? Why not just leave people alone? Because that's largely the attitude of our society, isn't it? You're okay to have your belief. Yep, Steve, you're okay. It's crazy that you, you know, give money to God's church and that you show up each Sunday. That's crazy, but as long as you keep it to yourself, I'm okay with that. So why would each one of us want to reach one? Well, if we're at Psalm 96, it gives us, uh, there's so many reasons, but I want to pull out three key reasons and then I'm going to hopefully not hospital pass, but pass on to Carl. So Psalm 96 begins, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, 
Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory amongst the nations, his marvelous deeds amongst all people. And so the scriptures, not just New Testament, Old Testament, are crying out for us to declare amongst all the nations the glory of God, to proclaim his salvation. It goes on in verse 4 and 5. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. And so the first reason that we're called to, to move the gospel forward, to share the gospel, to, to, to advance God's kingdom, is that the Lord is great and worthy of praise. Amen. All praise from all people. And in fact, he is the only one worthy of praise. And so... The reason we move the gospel forward, the, the reason we advance, seek to advance, to reach one, each one of us, is that he is worthy of all people's praises. He is due the praise of all of the Yas Valley, not just those who decide who are already a part of the church. And so it's, it's God's worthiness of praise is our first reason. In verse 6 it goes on, For all the other gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. And so the second reason is that all other gods are idols. That means they're false gods. That means they provide false hope. That means that trusting in them is futile. Now the world's a little bit different to what it was thousands of years ago when the psalmist wrote this, the, the, the idea of other you know, idols and temples on every hill and different kind of clearly worshipped as God's things aren't as prevalent in our world, in at least Australia today. And so we might need to shift our thinking from, from what we think a God might look like to, to other things in people's lives that take the place of God. And so I want to suggest that what people give their time to is what they worship. What people give their finances to is what they worship. I'm not saying you can't have a job and you've got to have this, you know, I'm not talking about that. But what people dedicate those valuable things of their life to is what they worship. And so for some people, their job is their God. For some people, you know, a particular political party might be their God. For some people, there's all these different things that, that take the place of God in their life. But the, the thing that is true about all of them, that Psalm 96 verse 6 says, sorry, verse 5 says, is that all the gods of the nations are idols. There is only one true God that made the heavens and the earth. And so that's, that's why we want to advance the gospel. That's why we want to move forward with the gospel. Because if people are trusting in other things other than God, the true God, they're clinging to false hope. And so we want to give them real hope in Jesus. In verse 6 to 10, the psalm goes on, Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of the nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say amongst the nations, the Lord reigns. And so effectively, when we're talking about sharing the gospel, we might not use those words, the Lord reigns. That's what we're declaring. That's what it means to, to move the gospel forward, is to declare to the world that the Lord reigns. Jesus is king. 
The Lord reigns over all the earth. The Lord has conquered sin and death. The Lord reigns over our fears and our anxieties. The Lord reigns and he loves. That's the essence of what we're sharing. And it goes on to give us the final reason I want to pull out today. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. So the first reason this psalm gives us that we should move the gospel forward is that the Lord is great and worthy of praise. The second reason is that all other gods are idols. And the final reason is that he will judge the people fairly and with equity. And elsewhere in scripture, over and over again, we are reminded that no one is righteous apart from faith in Jesus. And so Christ's love compels us to share the only means of salvation. As we began this series, we talked about those words of Peter the Apostle in Acts chapter 4 when when he's accused uh, by the religious leaders and, and told to stop proclaiming the name of Jesus, to stop saying essentially the Lord reigns. His words were, salvation can be found in no other name. When they continued to demand that he and the other disciples uh, stopped, stop preaching, sharing, moving the gospel forward, their, their response was, we cannot stop. And, when, and this wasn't just about the, the, you know, the superstars of the early church. This was the entire church embraced this understanding that we must move forward with the good news about Jesus. And so when Peter and John from that, that meeting where they were told by the religious leaders of the day to stop speaking about Jesus, when they went back to the, what represented the whole church in that day, it said that, in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 29 and 30, their prayer was twofold. That Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, that God through the Holy Spirit would perform great signs and wonders you know, to reveal his glory. And secondly, that they would be given much boldness to proclaim the good news about Jesus. And so as I hand over to Carl now, that's, that's my prayer for us, that, that God would do great signs and wonders, that he would reveal his glory through us as we pray, but that we would be given great boldness to share Jesus and to invite others into com- the community of Jesus. And so Carl's going to come and share with us how we might practically do that. But this morning... I was thinking ages ago, Dan got us to do something in church, and some of you will remember it, where if I say God is good, you say, all the time. Fantastic. And I'll say, all the time? God is good. All right, but you've got a bit more in you. If you're at home, I want you to shout it so loud that your neighbors hear it. All right? God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Fantastic. Do you believe it? Yes. Brilliant. Oh, come on. You've got more in you. You believe that? Yes. Fantastic. All right. So we chatted about faith, about prayer, and about relationships, yeah? If you've missed any of that, please go back, catch up on it. Um, They're all online in a number of different places. I don't have enough time to list how many. Um, And all of those are incredibly important in their own right. All right? But we can't focus our faith forwards without either faith or focus. So we want to talk about forwards today. But what do we mean? What do we mean when we say forwards, right? One of the dictionary definitions of forwards is onward so as to make progress. Paul says this in Philippians 3, 13 to 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. 
But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But what is the goal? What progress are we looking to make in the sense of focusing our faith forwards or even in the sense of each one of us reaching one? Jesus tells us, and that's a really good place. You can go back to, pardon the phrasing, but the horse's mouth. Um, Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 15, this is what it says. It says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. It's not half subtle, is it? This is what the disciples of Jesus were called to by Jesus himself after he rose. But sometimes I think we forget something and we forget that we are disciples of Jesus in the time after he rose. It's not just a calling on them. It's not just a calling on 11 people. It's a calling on each and every one of us every single day. And so what are we doing with that calling? And this is not just a what are you doing with that calling. I have to ask myself constantly, what are we doing with that calling? We said at the beginning of the series that we wanted you to come to three realizations about the calling for each one of us to reach one. We wanted you to know that you are called and hopefully by now you you know that you're called. We wanted you to feel excited about the calling to connect with others and we wanted you to feel equipped to reach others with Jesus. By now, we trust that you know that you're called, that you have an excitement to connect and engage with others, and that you feel equipped to do so. But today, we want to talk to you about sharing Jesus, the real rubber-hits-the-road moment. Ways to present the gospel to others. Ways that you can be prepared and equipped to share the reason for your hope that have been demonstrated through your faith, through your prayer life, and through your relationships, which are the things we've already talked about. So I want to start with what I feel Jesus has let me know in preparing for this. And I feel it's a very important thing for us to, to center this all on. It's not up to you to save people. Amen. It's up to you to love them. We have a number of biblically mandated responsibilities. Right? Don't get me wrong. Like, but you're not Jesus. And Acts 16.31, which says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, shows that only a relationship with him can save people. I was talking to my wife, Alex, this week, and when we were talking about responsibility, that's something that I think I need to be reminded of sometimes, um, she pointed out that it can be split up and we can use it as two words, response and ability. That our responsibility is those areas in our life in which we've been given the tools and the abilities to respond. So it's your responsibility and it's, my, it's our responsibility to have a vibrant, contagious faith. It's our responsibility to pray fervently. It's our responsibility to build intimate, bold and effective relationships with those that don't know Jesus. It's our responsibility to seek the opportunities to let them know that Jesus loves them and wants them to come into a relationship with him. It is, however, not your responsibility to save them. Because you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. 
if you try, there's a decent chance you'll end up drowning the horse. So we shared last week that we all need our own time, and that's not only okay, it's actually really important for all of us to have that one-on-one time. Even Jesus took time just to be with the Father. Luke 5.16 says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. But like I said last week, we need to realise that we're also called to put, the time, to put our time aside to build relationships and to be the love of Jesus to others. So we need to share Jesus. And oftentimes those opportunities will show up within the relationships that you've so intentionally focused on and built with the two or three that we were talking about last week. That's why taking that time to invest in that space purposely is so important. And again, like we shared last week, building those few meaningful, deep relationships with those that don't yet know Jesus is a huge step in the right direction towards allowing for those opportunities to share the gospel to arise. So we know we're called to share the gospel. We know we're... Ex- I'm hoping that by now we're excited. Are we, are we at least a little bit excited? Yeah. Just, a, just a tiny bit, huh? We're not excited at all? Yeah. Come on, are we excited? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. All right, but how? How do we share the gospel? And this is where the rubber hits the road, right? I want to identify a few tangible ways that we can both identify times to share the gospel and ways that we can share the good news. All right, and so I want to talk about ways that you can share the good news of Jesus. Firstly, I think we need to identify our mission field. Now, we tend to think of missions as something done in like, you know, third world countries or by someone who's got the job title of missionary. But the reality is that if you have faith in Jesus and a love for him, you're a missionary for him. It looks different for everybody. So my mission doesn't look the same as Nick's. It doesn't look the same as anybody else's in this room. But we're all on mission. Constantly. Your mission field may be another country, but it may well be the workplace that you go to every day. It may be a playgroup that you go to weekly, or a local cafe, or a park. It could be anywhere. Where is your mission field? Invest your time in the place that God has put you and has called you to be. Secondly, We want to identify the opportunities. And this is a hard one, right? Like, sometimes we feel like there's not many opportunities, but I'd like to tell you that opportunities are abundant. There is no shortage of them. We just need to learn to identify them. As we mentioned before, it's most likely that you're going to find those opportunities coming up in the space of relationships that you've already prioritized with those people that don't know Jesus. Colossians 4.5 says, Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And so oftentimes we realize that we've seen opportunity long after it's gone. But how often do we take the time in that space to pray into how we might better be able to react in that situation next time? What was the roadblock? 
Write it down. If you're thinking about it, write it down. What was the situation? What would have been a better response than the one that you gave? How can we identify that opportunity earlier next time? So firstly, we need to identify the mission field. Secondly, we need to identify the opportunities. But thirdly, we need to be confident in the gospel. It's so much easier to share things when you're confident in them. The Why Jesus booklet that we gave out last week, and if you haven't got one of those, um, that's a terrible throw. Yeah, Nick will throw one at you. Or if you'd like to grab one from up the front, you can also do that. Uh, They're right next to the door. Um, If you're at home and you haven't got one of these, please send us a message and we will get one out to you. But this Why Jesus book is designed for exactly that, for having confidence in the gospel, as is your Bible, as is prayer. The more time you learn about or you spend learning about and communing with God, the more confident you will be about his love for you and his love for others. And the more confident you will be in sharing that with others. Because what you fill yourself with is what will overflow out of you. And so, firstly, we need to identify the mission field. Identify where God has us working. Secondly, identify the opportunities. Make sure that you're ready to see the opportunities that God's putting in front of you. Thirdly, have a confidence in the news that God has given you to share with other people. And fourth, be prepared to give an answer. And this is a really hard one, right? Because an answer to what? There's a lot of questions, right? The answer's not the same to all of them. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared sorry, to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I think sometimes we have a concern that we can't answer every incarnation of questions that may be asked of us in regards to our faith. We're worried that because there's a few questions that we can't answer that we just don't worry about preparing for any of them. But I want to encourage you that there's a lot of questions such as, why are you so happy? Why don't you get angry at that person? Aren't you worried about money? Why do you do that church stuff? Aren't you worried about the future? Why are you so kind to them? You seem a bit different. Why is that? Why do you read that Bible or that devotional or that Why Jesus booklet so often? How do you cope? How do you keep going? Sometimes it's things like, thanks for being so encouraging or present or supportive. Or someone might actually ask you, why do you believe in Jesus? But I want to encourage you that all of those, believe it or not, are more or less the same question. That's the way that people ask you to give an answer for the hope that you have in Jesus. So I want you to think about why you have hope in Jesus. And really think about it. Don't just kind of skim over and go, oh, I guess it's this. Like, think about it. Pray about it. Come up with an answer that you believe, that that is the reason why you believe in Jesus. Not the reason why I believe in Jesus, not the reason why some mega church pastor in the States believes in Jesus, but the reason why you believe in Jesus and why you have hope 
in Jesus and write it down. So we've printed out a couple of cards and you're not really, some of you will be able to see that. If you're on the live stream, you may or may not. Um, but there's cards like this that we'll hand out towards the end of the, the, the service. And it just says, I find hope in Jesus because, and it's blank on the back. Very intentionally, because when you come up with that answer, I want you to write it down on that card. Put it in your wallet or your purse. Then repeat it to yourself. Pull that card out every day. Repeat it to yourself until it's stuck in your head. Then, when someone asks you a question that can be answered by your faith, you can turn around and say, well, actually, that is because I have hope in Jesus. And here's why I have hope in Jesus. So the last three weeks, we've been talking about a lot of practical ideas about how to build your faith, focus on prayer and relationships, and share the good news as we've just talked about. But I get it, right? It seems like a lot. And it is. I'm not going to shy away from that. We're not called to... It's not, a, it's not an easy thing. We're not called to, to just kind of go, oh, well, you know, like I've got maybe a spare couple of seconds there, like just when I'm not doing anything else. It, it is a lot. But we're not doing it alone. And that's the important thing. Right? Sometimes, and a lot of times, I think we don't do things because we feel like we're kind of just doing it ourselves. We're just mucking through. We, we're getting through. We have the Holy Spirit working within us and an entire family of believers globally supporting us. You are not alone in this, which is why we have to be so focused when we're loving people on connecting them with Christian community. This kind of community, but not just, not just this kind of community, life groups, other things. You can't be all things to all people. I've tried a number of times and failed miserably. If you'd like to know more about that, talk to Alex. Um, You have a massive blessing. You have a blessing of being able to invite people to come into a community of people worshipping and loving Jesus. To learn, to learn more about their faith, to start or continue their own journey of faith. So, I want to suggest a few tangible ideas how you can invite people into Christian community to connect them in that way, to build them up, to help them grow and to help them develop their faith. Firstly, you need to prioritise Sunday worship. Right, so this was one of the first points we made in this series and hopefully you can now see why. Right, this is why Hebrews 10.25 petitions us to not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Because I want to ask you a question. How likely would you be to accept an invitation to something that the person who invited you wasn't prioritising? I'd say very little. I'd say you're not likely to accept that invitation. If you show through your life that Sunday worship is one of the most vital things to you and an incredibly important, prioritised thing in your life, others will want to be a part of that. And secondly, you need to invite others into that. Like, invite others 
So once you prioritize that, you need to invite others into that. Sunday worship is one of the most amazing ways we as a kingdom people are able to encourage one another, mourn with one another, support one another, and even teach one another. Like this morning was amazing. Like we get to sing together, we get to experience the spirit in this place together. Jesus promises in Matthew 18:20 that where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Invite people into the place where Jesus has promised that he will be. You're not inviting them into a building. You're inviting them to meet Jesus. Thirdly, you can invite them into other incarnations of of Christian community. I'm sorry. Like Bible studies, life groups, play groups, men's breakfast, messy church. And again, Nick said, if you haven't registered to come to messy church, find someone that you think would enjoy it. Register with them. Church movies, worship nights, the list is huge. Really, it's endless because God is always faithful to provide a way for his people to connect and engage with him. Fourthly, you need to be open. Be open and honest. If you're inviting people to a Bible study at your house, don't tell them it's a barbecue. Right, it, it, it seems seems weird that I have to tell you that, right? But like, you might be having a barbecue, but if they don't believe and they're not really one for church, be honest with them. Alternatively, you could have multiple families from the church over for a meal and just have it be a meal. Right? It's not a bait and switch thing. We're not asking you to build relationships with people and then trick them into loving Jesus. Right? Build relationships with them. Show them that Jesus loves them. He's got the rest. As with any relationship, and if you don't agree, that's fine. We can talk about that later. Honesty is the best policy in the long term. Um, Matthew 5.37 puts it this way. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. In saying that, definitely invite them to the life groups and the Bible studies. Just be honest about where you're inviting them or what's happening when they get there. So firstly, we need to prioritize our Sunday worship. Secondly, we need to invite other people into that space, into that Sunday worship space. Thirdly, invite them to other things that are run in the name of Jesus. Whatever that is. Fourthly, be open and honest. And fifth, go with them. Don't just suggest places for people to connect with God's word. You just, you're just like, well, look, I, I, I don't go to church, but you can go. Like, Yeah, see, it sounds a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? Offer to go with them. Meet them beforehand for a coffee. If they're not comfortable showing up to church on a Sunday morning by themselves, go and meet them for a coffee. All the cafes? Yeah. So, no, not all the cafes are closed on Sunday morning. But invite them over for a coffee and then you can go together. Right? Like, meet them outside. Meet them closer to where they're comfortable and walk into this space with them.
You need to be honest. Be excited and be passionate. It speaks volumes on top of the words that come out of your mouth. Look, you know, sharing the gospel is one of the most amazing, exciting, fantastic things you'll ever get the chance to do in your life. It's also scary. But God loves you. Jesus is calling you and the Holy Spirit is living in you. And they're waiting for you to use, to, to use what you've been given to reach others for Christ. And so this, is, this has been a month series. There's been, four, there's been four of these messages, but it's not intended to be a month-long exercise. We don't get to the end of March and just kind of go, hey, all right, I focused on the each one reach one thing, now we can move on. Focusing your faith forwards is a lifelong exercise and one that we're all growing in constantly. And each one of us reaching one, that's just a starting point. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And when I was thinking about Easter this year, I, I truly feel like this is like the combined birthday of every believer on the planet. We were all born again and raised from sin and death on Easter Sunday-ish, 2,021 years ago. Easter Sunday, I think, should be the biggest birthday party that we ever have. So who will you invite to celebrate that birthday with you? Who do you want to know the hope that you have in Jesus? So I want to finish with, with Romans 10, verses 13 to 14, which says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And I want to go back to Mark 16, 15, where it says, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That's how. And it's a calling for each and every single one of us. Amen. Thanks, Carl. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to emphasize, um, so, well, Christy and Caleb are going to start handing out um, two handout things. Um, I'll explain them and then we'll wrap up. So firstly is that card that's got space on the back. And I just thought that was an excellent idea from Carl when we practiced during the week. Um, just to actually, look, because the scripture says, be ready to give an answer. My response to that is usually, okay, be ready, be ready, be ready, be ready. I've never actually thought, well, what, what is, you know, and obviously it's not always going to be what you write on the back of this card, the appropriate response in every situation, but actually take time to think about it. So you're getting that card. You're also getting this with a magnet on the back so you can stick it on your fridge. And so as Carl said, each one reach one is not just a sermon series. Um, it's, it's part of our vision as a church to see the community transformed, which isn't just a vision for this year. Um, one of our vision statements, um, one of our four kind of long-term vision statements as a church speaks to wanting to see the community transformed with the love of Jesus. Uh, and so we wanted to put this together because uh, we do have the feeling like, oh, it feels like we've given you a list of a thousand things to do. 
Um, so we wanted to kind of put that in uh, visual representation to be able to say, well, actually, we're really asking three things with some dot points, you know, around how you actually can move concrete towards those things because we wanted you to feel equipped. So we're really asking you, prioritise your faith, build your faith, focus on others, pray for them, build relationships with them, move the gospel forward by sharing that gospel with others and inviting others into community. Um, and so I want to encourage you to stick this on your fridge or your filing cabinet, anything metal. Um, the wind resistance probably won't stand up to the putting it on your car with that size magnet, but stick that on anywhere. I'm going to invite our worship team to come up. They're going to wrap up. And as they, we do that, I'm going to pray uh, once more. And I encourage you, if you're like, oh, I haven't started yet, then I've got a confession to make. I haven't started everything. I've made, so if we look at the prayer thing, I've made a list, but I realized about Wednesday, oh, I didn't set a time. So I haven't actually prayed for the list of people that I've made. Um, and so my commitment sometime this afternoon is to set an alarm for midday in my phone. And if you want to make that your time as well, um, you can do that or you can make another time. But to set an alarm and go, okay, I'm going to pray for that list of people. Only take a few minutes. Um, doesn't have to be as Carl shared last week, enormously long prayers. Um, so I encourage you around that. But, but so and take this away and go, okay, what haven't I kind of stepped into? What's my next step? Maybe it's just getting confident with the gospel, picking up that Why Jesus book and, and reading through it until that's something that you just know deeply, not to give a road answer to, but something that's in you so that you can share that confidently with others. And, and so I want to encourage you, if you've got people in mind in this community or beyond it that don't know Jesus and they're the people you've been praying for or the people you're going to start praying for, just lift them to Jesus in your heart now as I pray. Jesus, we want this to be so much more than just a four-week sermon series. Jesus, we want to, as a church commit ourselves to the goal of reaching one for Jesus. And we say that phrase, reaching them for you, but really it's for them. That they might come to salvation. That they might cling to the true hope that's only found in Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that this wouldn't be something that we move on from as we spend our time looking at other scriptures on a Sunday morning, but something that is rooted and anchored in our hearts, that we are all filled with the desire, the calling, and the equipping to reach others for Jesus. Help us to take the faith we have in you and move it forward. We pray for those that we know that don't know Jesus, that we already have relationship with. We pray that they might come into the place of encountering Jesus for themselves. We pray that you would give us opportunities to share Jesus with them, to invite them into Christian community, that they might see your body at work. We pray that we would be ready to give answers. As Carl said, you are faithful. And so we pray that you would be faithful to bring about a revival across the Yass Valley. In Jesus' name, in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. 
As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.